The StreamSets DataOps platform is the world's first single platform for building smart data pipelines across hybrid and multi-cloud architectures. You can build, run, monitor, and manage data pipelines confidently with an end-to-end -end data integration platform that's built for constant change. Amp up your productivity with easy-to-navigate interface with hundreds of pre-built sources and destinations. Once you're up and running, your smart data pipelines are resilient to data drift, those ongoing and unexpected changes in your data infrastructure and pipelines. Finally, you have one single pane of glass for operating and monitoring all of your data pipelines. Get started today building data pipelines in minutes for free at streamsets.com slash tag data. The first 10 listeners of this podcast that subscribe to StreamSets Professional Tier will receive two months free after their first month. Hello, I'm Dr. Beverly Wright, and welcome to Tag Data Talk. With us today, we have Frank Borowski, Vice President, Manufacturing Sales at Salesforce, and we're talking about unlocking data along the value chain in manufacturing. Thanks for being here, Frank. My pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Well, let's start off with um, a simple question. Tell us, why are you so cool? Um, well, I don't know if I am, but what <laughs> makes me cool, uh, if I am, is um, that I'm with the coolest company in the world. Um, I am a uh, longtime practitioner with Salesforce, so I've been in manufacturing for 22 years, and I've been using the product, um, the various products of Salesforce for over 14 years. So my teams have implemented Salesforce, various aspects of the the, the software for that period of time, and uh, they asked me to join them, and I'm pleased to have now been here nine months in my new role. Oh, already nine months. Yes. Wow, that's cool. And before that, you were you were at Honeywell, right? Yes. Uh, so I've uh, been in many manufacturing uh, firms uh, over the years, uh, Honeywell Aerospace, then uh, Cooper Industries, Eaton, uh, then Rico, uh, where we actually manage my entire organization on Salesforce. That's nice. where I first uh, got a taste of it. Uh, and then I was at Club Car, where I was both the CIO and chief experience officer. And we used uh, pretty much most of the platform that Salesforce offer, uh, offers, which is very extensive. And then to your point, um, I was a boomerang. I went to Honeywell again, but this time in, in uh, building technologies and uh, uh, set up their data analytics organization yes. as well as their e-commerce. I love it. Thank you yeah. so much. That's an awesome background. Um, I've sort of admired you from afar and <laughs> known some of the people on your team and how much they um, they like to follow you. So let's start off. We're talking about unlocking data along the value chain and manufacturing. So before we jump into that too deep, what, what do we mean by value chain? Can you help us understand and describe that? Sure. Um, so in today's news, you're constantly hearing about the supply chain woes, right? So if you're a manufacturer, um, you sit in the middle of all this. You make products. You need the inputs, that's the raw in in inventory that you need from the suppliers. And then, of course, you've got customers, the people who are buying your stuff, right? So that end-to-end -end from the, the suppliers to what you're doing on the production floor and delivering that to the end customer, that's the true value chain. Okay. So it's really about uh, bringing 
Is it about being in products specifically, or is it services too? Or it, when you say end to end, help us unpack that a little no, bit. No, it, it it can be. Some manufacturers also offer services, um, oftentimes to either install their products mm-hmm. or to take care and maintain them after the product has been installed. Um, so, and a good example would be a golf car, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, over time uh, may need maintenance um, uh, as a result of wear and tear. And so there can be services that go along with uh, the, the purchase or thereafter. Okay. So some of the big components of a value chain, if you were to say like, you know, sort of there's a start, middle and finish, what mm-hmm. would you say those are? So it starts with your suppliers. Suppliers. Right. Uh-huh. The middle portion is the typically the manufacturer themselves. Mm-hmm. They may then either sell directly to the end customer, whether it's a business or an individual, mm-hmm. or they may sell through dealers, uh, distributors, mm-hmm. or wholesalers. So that end-to-end is the value chain. I see. Okay. Goodness gracious. I can see data all over the place <laughs> on this one. Okay. So can you help us understand uh, how data can help optimize? I'm assuming you really want to optimize because this is sort of like one of those games you play when you were a kid. You know, you got to give it to this person and right. then they give it to that person or that game where you whispered something to somebody. Telephone. And, yeah. Telephone. I remember yeah, yeah. that. And so I would imagine that along the way, all kinds of things could go wrong. And so how can data help optimize this process? Well, you imagine, right, there is a lot that can go wrong. And because of the supply chain disruptions that we've had, a lot has been going wrong, right? Every single step of the way. Think about when your supplier now has to um, get what they need in order to give you the input that you need as a, as a manufacturer. All of that requires transportation, logistics, moving things from one place to the next, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that can go uh, wrong, like being held up in a a port, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So knowing where the product is involves data, right? And also the the capabilities of your supplier um, matter an awful lot now. So being able to figure out when will my supplier actually be able to deliver what um, they promise me, what date can they get that to me, Mm -hmm. and predicting that Mm-hmm. If you, the better you can predict that, the better you can predict when you can actually build it, and then you can relay to your customer when they'll get it. Okay. Because the number one question that folks are asking is, when am I going to get my stuff? Right. And that is called a promise date. And the more uh, um, you can do to get better about your promise date, meaning get them what they want when they're asking for it. Mm-hmm. The better you do that, the better the customer experience is for them, right? The higher the likelihood that they're going to come back to you for the next sale and the next sale and the next sale. So data does matter here. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because the customer, if we think about the full value chain end to end, we start with a supplier, we've got manufacturing, we might have a dealer, we could have a distributor, we might have a retailer. Anyway, eventually we get to the customer. But what's interesting is when you talk about um, leveraging data to help optimize and understand the promise date for the supplier, the supplier is at the very beginning and the customer is at the very end. Right. So you have to back all the way up to um, being able to optimize and predict that promise date from the supplier. Absolutely. What are some other places within the value chain where data can help? Think about the other side of the equation, the far side with the, the customer. 
Um, you can take uh, data from your CRM, your customer relationship management, which holds all the history associated with everything that that customer has purchased from your company. Mm -hmm. You're able to, to utilize that to, to determine um, over the course of time what the lifetime customer value for that, that customer will be. Um, and what are the potential products that you can cross sell them? Mm -hmm. What do customers like that customer buy? Right. And that is that's actually happening behind the scenes in most of the e-commerce engines that we as individuals use. The same holds true for businesses. Right. Okay. So you're able to think about uh, when you're actually on the site, what's the next best product for us to, pr to provide? And of course, then the picture of that that uh, that product shows up conveniently for you to be able to click on and and suggest that's the whole concept of suggested selling mm -hmm. and that data tends to reside in your CRM and the more that you use it and mine it to provide that suggested selling to your customer the higher your revenue gets. Mm -hmm. I got you. Okay, so not only can data help in the early part of right. the value chain, looking at promise date and how to optimize and leveraging prediction models to do that, but even on the end state, you're looking at the customer, you can compute things like the uh, lifetime customer value and come up with cross-sell opportunities yes. to more holistically serve that customer. Right. Okay. What are, I mean, this sounds like, oh yeah, you just do this and you just do that. But I know that it's never that simple, <laughs> right, Frank? <laughs> so what are some of the challenges or hiccups that you have to overcome? Like it seems, it just, there's so many parties involved and there's so much transfer that has to take place. So if you're trying to leverage data to help with that transfer, to, things are moving along in a certain way, what are some things that can go wrong? Well, the the two biggest problems in starting up all of this is being able to get the the interactions between the systems, right? So um, they're called in, in in IT speak, it's integrations, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to integrate these systems and then being able to take get the data in a consumable fashion, right? So having good master data and making sure that it's clean, it's precise, that it's um, up to date is really an absolute necessity for you to be able to, to do anything with the actual analytics yeah. associated with it, right? Bad data, you're going to have um, um, bad predictions from the get-go. And, and you cannot take that lightly. Um, master data management takes precision. It takes someone who really cares and, and is going to get down to the field level and make sure that it's correct and that it's uh, consistent across, for example, all your customers, right? You can't have a mixture uh, of data and make that work, mm -hmm. right? Okay. And, and the same holds true with Riga on the supplier side in, in the ERP or um, enterprise resource planning systems, right? You've got to have all of your data consistent so that you're able to pull it in and do the, the predictions on your supply side. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So some of the um, big challenges are that systems are not talking and system integration. Is that the opposite of disparate is, is more centralized? R I guess that's right, the flip side right. of it. So, um, our clients, and I've lived this, right, talk about data silos. Yes. Right? So 
integration of those systems allow them to speak to one another, okay. right? The data layer that you place over that, right, whether it's a data lake of some sort that you've created, mm -hmm. making sure that the, the data from these disparate systems come together so that um, they're in a consistent format um, and you've identified, I, I'll say, the tags that unite them. Mm, I see. Okay. So that's one thing is the systems are not talking in a way that they should. Yeah. Another thing is that um, you really got to pay attention to your master data management. Absolutely. Uh, you got me saying data instead of data. What's up with that, Frank? I say data. Now you you got say me data. data. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, so you really got to pay attention to your MDM and uh, make sure that your data is consumable, that it's good quality. I imagine that's a huge problem. It It, it is. And it's for folks who aren't familiar with the problem, it can seem insurmountable, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. You have to have actually very concerted activity um, with people who, who do it full time. Mm. So for example, um, if you have, uh, when you're onboarding a new customer, making sure that you do that in a format that, you know, that is easy to uh, adhere to and doesn't require any manipulation that you force them to go through a particular process as opposed to free flow. That's one way that you can get many people to do it. Or you can actually have an organization that consumes it and cleans it up for you at the very beginning so that you start out from the right place. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, uh, onboarding a customer or onboarding a supplier is, and doing that right is the best way you can prevent bad data later on. Okay, we're definitely gonna talk about solutions in a second. Sure. Um, but those two challenges, would you say those are the biggest? Like what about the model building process? Is that, how does that? You know, um, if you get your data right, mm -hmm. candidly, the data modeling um, becomes so much easier. Interesting. And, and everyone seems to focus in on that portion. Yes. Um, you can do a lot of things even with an Excel spreadsheet mm -hmm. that, that as long as you have good data to do it, right? And then it becomes more sophisticated, right? That's when you start talking about, you know, what what are the right tools um, to amalgamate your data, to store your data, and then to create the models that you just described. Yeah. And whether you do that, whether you do it that through machine learning or you do it through, you know, data science with with human beings doing it, um, that's f much further up the maturity curve. Right. Um, but you can't do it if you don't have good data. That's so interesting. I'm hearing I'm hearing a lot of companies right now say the same thing that, you know, uh, I think they're going to say, well, gosh, we really, we really need to improve the way we model. We really need to get more technical. We need to implement more machine learning and AI. And they're not saying that. They're saying what you're saying, mm -hmm. which is I just need great data. If I have great data, the rest will sort of work itself out. So that's really um, fascinating. Y'all heard it first here on Tag Data Talk <laughs> that it's less about the modeling and just get your data right. Um, so you started talking a little bit about some of the solutions with the two biggest challenges being the integration of systems and making data consumable. Uh, and you mentioned customer onboarding and having a, a sort of specialized or separate cleaner. What we've done uh, in several of my organizations is ha have a master data management group mm -hmm. whose full-time job is to um, bring new customers uh, in, make sure based upon their own um, 
uh, knowledge of, of doing it and because they're doing it pretty much 24 seven, right? Yeah. Making sure that there's consistency in um, the data fields that are used, that there's no repetition. So for example, you can imagine um, you have a company, um, uh, FBI Incorporated, Frank yep. Borowski Incorporated, mm -hmm. um, F. Borowski Incorporated. They're all the same company, right? Right. And so if you don't get that right, then you end up with five different versions of the same customer. If you do that, then they're treated as separate entities. What you want to do, particularly in a B2B world, is you want to make sure that you are at the highest level. So you have things that are called grandparents, parents and children. You want to make sure that when that company comes in, you're identifying it at the highest level possible so that you see that you have visibility to that that bigger biggest picture. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you're trying to create lifetime customer value, mm -hmm. you want to know all the entities that are under Frank Borowski Incorporated and you're th and thinking of them at as holistically as possible. Gotcha. Okay. And then talk about this um, idea. I mean, I would love to have someone that just cleans my data all the time. <laughs> but talk about this idea of, of um, you know, a data engineering function. Is that kind of what you're saying? Is it, that you got to have someone focused on it. It can't just be, oh, well, here's the analytics data scientist. And by the way, you're going to do some data cleaning too. It sounds like you're saying you really got to have a focus on it. Oh, yes. You, you, you should actually have you know, um, individuals whose full-time job it is to do that if you want to get it right. Now, that doesn't mean that that there aren't others involved in the data sure, cleansing process, sure. right? If you engineer it correctly, everyone is constantly cleaning your data. So, uh, for example, um, even the customer themselves might. If you, if you um, present their data and you constantly ask them to edit it, um, if your, let's say your, your CSRs, your customer service reps, when they're interacting with you, they're using the data and they notice, oh, okay, I'm seeing a different phone number that I saw, that I've seen before. It comes up on screen. Right. Hey, um, is this new? Is this a new location for you? Every point that you have of contact with the customer is an opportunity to clean your data. Great. Uh, and, and I think what I'm hearing you say Frank, is that you should view data cleaning as a continuous process, not as a phase. Exactly. Not as a one, like start it's never and then done. stop. It's never done. And you're always being critical of the data, that you're always keeping an eye on, hey, does this make sense? And does that make sense? And should we modify this? Or do we need to uh, make sure that the process of getting this in here correctly? So that's great. Good yeah. advice. Um, speaking of advice, what final piece of advice would you give to somebody who's really trying to unlock data to benefit the value chain in manufacturing? Start, right? The, so everything that, that we, we just described makes you think, you know, it's a daunting task. It can't be done. Um, start small. Start, start with small data sets. Mm -hmm. um, don't try to, to boil the ocean um, and, and, and try to solve a simple problem. Um, you know, it, it's very difficult to try to, to go after multiple things at the same time. Get something right and then expand from there, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and um, as you begin to ask more and more questions, um, 
you will then go on to that next element where, okay, if I only had this one more field, mm -hmm. okay, and then you get that. Right. If, if you try to go after everything all at once and try to, to, to boil the ocean, you're, you're likely to frustrate yourself and you won't get uh, nearly as far as you'd like. So you make more impact by going smaller. So it's kind of counterintuitive of what you might initially think. You might think like, I'm going to take on the world, you know, and optimize the entire value chain. But you're saying just take, first of all, start, do something. Right. And secondly, start small. Like, don't be afraid to answer a little question that's still going to benefit. Because once you can get that down, I assume that that means you can probably move forward with something bigger and more grandiose. Right. And if I had to advise on, on which end of the value chain do you start always start with your customer mm. it's the customer first and what they're doing with you matters more than your the rest of the supply chain right um you can get there no no question but start with your customer i love it thank you so much to frank borofsky from salesforce for talking to us about unlocking data along the value chain of manufacturing thank you <laughs>